We are not angels. And that's a good thing. You see, the angels are pure spirits. And because they are much more intelligent than we, their beings are far greater. They don't need a body. But we do. St. Thomas Aquinas, that great theologian and saint and mystic of the church, says that it's an advantage for us to have a body. In fact, we don't just have a body, but we are both body and spirit. We're not just a spirit or a mind or a soul inhabiting some kind of machine, but we are a body. Why do I bring this up? doesn't seem to have anything to do with the, the readings per se, but these five weeks, starting last week and this today and three more weeks, we are hearing from John's gospel, chapter six, in which Jesus prepares and then begins a discourse on the bread of life. He says that my father gives you the true bread that comes down from heaven. And then he says, I am the bread of life. And so I'm taking these weeks to focus on Eucharistic devotion. How do we enter into the Mass so that we get out of the Mass what is intended by God? Last week we looked at spiritual um, reverence, interior preparation. What do we need to remove from our lives? If you didn't hear that homily, you can talk to me after Mass. I can tell you how you can actually listen to that online on a podcast. Um, and if you don't hear the other ones, there will be five of these. And I will also give you a way that you can listen to those as well. Today, though, I wish to focus on our bodiliness. That advantage that we have in helping us pray better. You know, when we enter the church, very often our experience of Mass depends on the very first few moments, what we do. If we enter the church, not really thinking, not really pausing, just blessing ourselves kind of quickly, our minds somewhere else, chances are it's going to be a lot harder for us to really engage the Eucharist, the liturgy. When we enter the Mass, we engage our bodies when we bless ourselves, perhaps dipping our hand in the holy water font when it's there, but certainly making the sign of the cross, not just unthinkingly, but slowly, thinking that it is our Savior who died upon those wooden beams. When we get to our pew, or as it is here, our chairs, we should genuflect if we can. And if we can't genuflect, we should make a bow, not just a simple head bow, but a profound bow from the waist as a sign of adoration to our Lord who is now dwelling with us here in this place. That helps us focus ourselves. The holy water, in fact, is placed at the church entrances to help wash ourselves through that ritual. We are symbolizing that we wish to be washed in our minds, our affections, our motives, so that we can enter into worship of God. What else? Well, during the Mass, there are various motions, various things that we do with our body that actually are to help us pray better. We sit to hear the word of God and after the gospel in order to have that word unpacked for us. We stand at attention for the gospel because it is so much higher above the rest of scripture. 
because we hear the words of Jesus, God in the flesh. We kneel. And yes, it will be a bit of a more challenge here, but again, our seminarians spaced these rows so that you could kneel without clicking your heels on the backs of your chairs. And if we can't kneel, we at least interiorly direct ourselves to that posture of adoration. In the Gospels and throughout the Old Testament, we see many people who prostrate themselves with an encounter with the divine. Joshua, for instance, prostrates himself when the angel comes to speak to him. The priests in the Old Covenant threw themselves down before the throne and the altar of God. How many people who came to Jesus to be healed threw themselves at his feet? And we continue that action because Jesus is no less present with us here than he was 2,000 years ago. I wish to read from, to you a short quote from St. John Fisher. He's a cardinal, bishop of the church, who died in England during the persecution there. He was at the beginning of this. He says that, Indeed, when someone observes with intentions the periods of spiritual flourishing of the church and the times of degeneration as well as the different reforms which often follow one after the other he must realize this the cause of degeneration in the church is almost always the negligence and the abuse of this most holy sacrament of the altar on the opposite side however he will notice this the times of genuine reform and the flourishing of the life of the church were always preceded by a tender devotion to this most holy sacrament. Devotion is not just something interior. Devotion is something that has to be shown externally. So we've talked about blessing ourselves. We've talked about genuflecting. We've talked about the various postures during the Mass. We've talked about kneeling. We'll get into that some of the kneeling and reception of Holy Communion a bit more next week. But silence also is important. When we enter the church, we are entering into a sacred space where God wishes to speak intimately to the depths of our heart. But how can we hear him interiorly if externally we're talking, we're not in silenced we need to physically put ourselves in a spirit of silence so that interiorly we can be as well. Now, in our old church, because of that small vestibule we had, often voices would come in. I know people would be trying to pray, and there would be voices out there, and nobody was trying to disturb them. They were just trying to catch up, welcome people. Here, we have a little bit more space. We have this hallway, too. So with the, we've got a long cry room here. We've got the outdoor space there where we can talk and catch up with parishioners. But once we enter this gym, let us really and truly try to treat it as the house of God, for it is. God is dwelling with us. I know it may not seem that way. We have the basketball hoops. We don't have the statues or the stained glass windows. But remember that God dwelt with the Israelites in tents for many years in their wanderings in the desert. And that was the house of God in the gate of heaven. And for us during this next year, this will be the house of God and the gate of heaven, the meeting place with the divine. Now, besides silence, we also 
This one is a, a, is a delicate one, but I need to bring it up. We need to dress up for Jesus. If you were invited to a state uh, event, state banquet, you know, Department of the State, or some other kind of important gathering, there's a certain protocol, there's a certain dress code. But no matter what you go to outside these walls, nothing compares to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. You are encountering the dignity that gives and bestows dignity on all others. You are, in, you are encountering God, who is ruler of the universe, judge and supreme Lord of all. And so part of our reverence and part of the way we dispose ourselves is the way we dress. Now, I know there could be many different excuses or different reasonings for not doing it. Perhaps somebody might say, well, Father, I don't really like to dress up. Well, that's not really the point. Um, the point is that we do it out of love. We do it for the Lord. Or somebody might say, well, you know what? I have something afterwards that I need to go to. Okay, but what we, when we really have something that we, we care about, we make that effort in order to be there. We shouldn't dress as though we're going to, um, you know, uh, a cookout or something else. This is sacred. This is different. And here's the benefit. When we begin to dress appropriately for the Lord, it does help us to pray better. Um, now, I'm not judging anyone, and I know there are extenuating circumstances. So, um, and I've actually thought about preaching this for a while, but um, please understand, I'm doing this out of the greatest love, because when you come before the Lord, he might just ask you, why didn't you dress up for me at Mass? Why didn't you make that effort? It would have so helped you to pray better, and I would have been able to bestow on you greater gifts. I'm aware of a teenager who uh, decided to give it a try. And this teenager realized that his prayer and his experience and his ability to enter into the Mass changed and was profoundly different. I invite you to do the same. During this past year, we've often been separated from loved ones for a long time. And thank God for technology, the modern conveniences. We've been able to keep up with people through video chat, Zoom, other means. But imagine this. If you told your spouse, your parents, your children, some close relative or beloved friend, you know, I really prefer spending time with you over Zoom. I think this is a better medium. Something would be missing in that relationship that physical contact, which is so necessary for human relationships. We can do many things over the internet. We can conduct meetings. We can have an exchange of ideas. There can be decision-making. We can catch up with friends. But something is missing. And the same is true of our experience of Mass. I am so glad that we were able to live stream the Mass, and we are continuing to do that. And for those who genuinely need it, it is a good thing. But just as if you said to your spouse, your parents, your children, I'd rather spend time with you over electronic means, we cannot say that to the Lord if we truly love him. The Mass is not a meeting. 
It is not merely an exchange of ideas. It is an encounter with the living God who wishes to touch us physically in the depths of our being. The words we hear here have a power live, but even more so when we receive the living word himself who enters our hearts. Exterior actions either enforce or break down interior volitions or desires. And so when we express our faith in the body, we enforce what we believe in our minds and in our souls. Perhaps this is good enough for today. When we return next week, then we will continue with this reflection on devotion to the Blessed Sacrament, devotion to our Lord. All of this is to drive us closer to the one who loves us most. And when we begin to give him that bodily reverence and worship, our souls also overflow with that devotion and love.